Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing drug money, bear markets, and the end of millennial subsidies. Yes, I'm guessing you only know what one of those stories is going to be about. The other two, you're going to have to stick around uh, because this is our Friday flight where we cover some of the different headlines we've come across this week. And we're going to discuss how those stories are going to impact you and your money. Well, I want to kick this off with a little Squid Games question for you. Did you Still, s- still waiting for season two. Did you see the uh, the Squid Game uh, a Netflix reality show that they're planning yeah, to do? saw that. <laughs> and if they reach out to me to I, be on it. I figured you'd be pretty excited I'm, I'm about on a, I'm on a plane. <laughs> would you would you do it for real? Oh heck yeah. Well I, I feel like so being on a some sort of means that we game could, show. We couldn't do the show for probably like sixty days or something. I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, if <laughs> if it means I get to be on a game show because that's literally like um I don't know, that's one of those things. Is that a bucket list thing? It's for a bucket you? list thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Preferably so. the price is right, but the squid game that would be actually that probably might vault up to number one on my list. See, I, f- I feel like if we're looking at games that you would probably win at, I think you would do a really good job at the prices, right? What's the grocery store one where you like run through with Oh, Supermarket Sweep? <laughs> I think you would also do pretty good yeah. uh, at well, that one. When it comes to prices, right, though, where I might screw up is Aldi has um, messed up my view of what the price of a, a, a product is, and they're they're getting it from like the full price grocery store, and, and that's what they're basing the prices on, so I'd probably... You're going to come in like 30% lower <laughs> on, on every single guess? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Like, So actually, I feel like I would do pretty good uh, in, in Squid Games, because what I like, it's a nice blend. It's a nice combination of smarts 
and strength. You yeah. know, it's not like just one or the other. Uh, they pepper in a little bit of like social skills as well. You uh-huh. have to like uh, team up with folks, but I guess it just depends on what kind of uh, tasks or challenges that that you have to complete. But I will I'll s- definitely be watching it. And again, I'm not going to probably go through the steps to apply, although I kind of want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if they if they reach out to me proactively and they're like, "We want you on the show," I'll be like, "Sure, I'm in." Oh man, what if? There was some sort of like team version of Squid Games, <laughs> or if there is actually some sort of team version of any game show, maybe we should consider uh, doing that. What's the what's the one where people travel around the world with a best buddy or a great or, race? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Amazing Race. If, or the, if the Amazing put, Race. If they put you and me on the Amazing okay. Race, we would cross. Uh, I think I would have to do that, right? So <laughs> we would have to. It's do funny that. that you bring that up because literally that is one of my few regrets that I actually have. So. Right after graduating from college, I was living up in North Carolina in the woods, and my roommate at the time, uh, Chris, he and I, we'd work summers at the same boys' adventure camp together for a while, and he was like, hey, we should apply to be on The Amazing Race. And I didn't want to do it for some reason. I, th- I, was, I was like too much in a hurry to get a real job back in Atlanta oh, and kind of like start my career. Looking back, it's really lame. It's like truly, I don't have very many regrets when I look back uh, over the course of my life. I mean, granted, that getting, is one of them. They're getting tens of thousands of applications, so yours might have gotten lost in the shuffle. But if, if we, you made it, that would have been fun. I think folks would watch that too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think some of our listeners at least. Is that show still on the air? Because if it is, we should. Oh, apply. yeah, that's worth looking into for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing if this show's even on. Well, if any had money listeners are producers on any of these game shows, feel free to reach out to us. We, we, we'd love to participate. Absolutely. Um, you you want to kick it off? Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's, let's talk about uh, the stories we found interesting this week and how they pertain to your personal finances. Squid Game's uh, kind of a story. Yeah, Squid Game. Well, and the winner gets $4.56 million, which uh-huh. means you're financially independent overnight if you beat out... 456? Yes, 455 other people. But um, yeah, so let's let's first start out by talking about the stock market, Matt, because that's kind of a sore spot on everybody's radar this week. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of red, um, kind of a, a, a bloodbath, really. Right. <laughs> when it comes to the the overall stock market, a lot of individual stocks as well, in particular, this week. And, you know, we talked actually a lot about definitions when it comes to what happens in the stock market when corrections are happening. And so, uh, back in episode 473, if you want to take a listen to that one, but a bear market, in particular, is when an index is 20% or more down from its high. And the S&P 500 actually achieved that designation on Monday. That's right. The market has been down nine of the past 10 weeks, and it will likely be down 10 out of the last 11 weeks by the end of the day today. And so, yeah, a lot of the the financial headlines are predictably in the the doom and gloom camp. And um, so I guess, Matt, the question would be, how do you and I feel about (laughs) this current kind of somewhat crummy moment in, in the stock market? We get why people are upset, but um, the, from our perspective, this is largely actually not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so for that's for a couple of reasons, because one, we're zooming out. Over the past three years- We are long-term investors. Yeah, the S&P 500 is still up more than 30%. Over the last 10 years, it's up something like 230%, right? And so, uh, for, for example, it just makes me think of like your favorite baseball team. If they just got swept, but they're still at the top of the standings- You're losing me. You're, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> If, if you're like, for instance, the Atlanta Braves are on like a, a 14 game win streak. I, Sadly, I saw that actually. Our second baseman just uh, broke his foot. Oh, no so way. He's going to have a. Hopefully, is not. that going to impact the game later today? Are you going to watch? So, if we win the game today, we're going to tie our uh, longest winning streak. That's right, right. That's right. Look at you knowing sports stuff. 
I, I try to keep in touch with the Atlanta stuff at, <laughs> at the very least. So, but even let's say the Braves lost and didn't win 15 in a row, right? Um, there, there's still the reality. It would be a bummer that we won 14 in a row, right? And like we moved up the standings in a big way, and so it's not a cause for concern. And just because the markets have had a tumultuous few months. And I, I get that people are on edge, but when you zoom out and you take the bigger perspective, it's like, actually, the stock market is still doing good over mm-hmm. longer periods of time for, for all of us investors. Exactly. Yeah. You can look to the past and be encouraged by that. And what gives me hope, too, isn't just looking at the past and seeing what the market has done, but basically having that inform what I think about what the future is going to hold, uh-huh. right? Because when stocks are on sale and the market is on sale like it is currently, it just makes it makes me more excited about investing because I think there is a lot more growth that lies ahead. And granted, we don't know how quickly uh, we're going to see that growth and how quickly we're going to see that rebound. It's not going to be... Uh, don't think this is going to be anything like 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's going to be an overnight blip. But, yeah. like yeah. Literally, it was like a one or two month bear market, essentially, before we were back to previous levels. It is most likely going to take longer. If you Actually, if you look at the past 80 years worth of bear markets, on average, they're about a year long mm-hmm. uh, is, is how, how long they last. And I think a little bit over 30% down is the, uh, the average decline. And so, based on those numbers, I, th- I think we do have... Uh, we, maybe we're halfway through. Yeah. Who <laughs> knows? Know? Who knows, really? It, well, yeah, that's the thing, because it's the average. And <laughs> as we've seen, uh, nothing about the past year or two has been average. Uh, it could be much shorter. It could be a lot longer. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. But as long-term investors uh, within the wealth-building phase of our lives, we should be staying the course. We should be smiling uh, as we continue to, to buy stocks as they are on sale. That's what we're doing here. So for those long-term investors, some additional good news on the uh, investing front from Vanguard's New America Saves report. Uh, our biggest takeaway from diving into that was that employers can have a major impact on the financial well-being of their employees. And the biggest way that uh, companies can do that is by automatically enrolling their employees into the different retirement plans. Because by doing that, that ensures that 93% of folks end up participating, which is up from 66% uh, of the companies who don't auto-enroll their employees. One minor change has just this outsized impact. Massive impact impact on Uh, the financial well-being of their employees. It's amazing. On top of that, small uh, annual automatic increases to an employee's contribution amount have dramatic effects on an employee's ability to invest for their future as well. It's going to have a massive impact on their ability to reach financial independence. And so all the different uh, employers out there who might be listening to the show, listen to these stats, listen to what we're saying here, because you can have a massively positive positive impact on the financial health of your employees. And even if you are an employee and uh, your company doesn't uh, offer much in this in this area, if, if they aren't doing much to incentivize you to invest more, just know that this is something that you're going to need to take the reins on. Because even just you know, bumping up your contribution amount by like one or two percent every paycheck, it, like that is going to have a massive impact on your future retirement nest egg. Yeah. And also, it's not that the fact that that one or two percent is going to be sort of what like tips you over the edge, but it's the fact that these small increases over time they're going to compound, and the compounding effect of what you're saving that's what's going to make the difference over the years and over the decades. Yeah, let's say you just dialed it up by one percent every year, right, for your entire thirty plus year career. Uh, 
that is that is over time that one percent every single year plus the compounding effects of that additional money going into your retirement accounts it will have a huge impact mm -hmm. um, and it seems trivial like it seems small like oh, i'm gonna go exactly. dial it up one percent like exactly. well, how, what, what is that gonna do but it really does it matters and so um and, and when employers actually help employees out in this area, it makes a big difference too. So we'd love to see more of that. It's it's really interesting to see that that's the big takeaway from Vanguard is when employers are bigger participants in incentivizing and helping their employees invest well, it has an impact. And uh, on another investing note, Matt, there was a, a recent study from one of our other favorite low-cost investing firms, Fidelity, and it revealed that most teens find investing to be confusing. And I don't know about you, uh, but was investing on your radar when you were a teen? Barely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I talked about, we talked about it a little bit when I was a teenager, but I didn't really understand what's, I've, I've shared this before. I don't I, think it was on my parents' radar when really? I was a teen. So it was, it was definitely on my dad's radar. He was investing at that point, but we, we just didn't talk about it that much. Yeah. I think I shared the story before about how he was just like, Hey, you ought to at least invest in some CDs. And I was like, compact discs. Why would I want to invest in CDs? <laughs> at <laughs> CDs and I was just I would just sit there in silence and think about what he said and not understand it but then also not ask any questions uh, but that was on me well yeah I feel like I, I was ultimately I was less confused and more oblivious just it wasn't like I didn't know that investing was a thing that you're people like, were doing you're like CDs oh yeah the new Hootie and the Blowfish uh, <laughs> I definitely invested in that and it paid massive dividends in just uh, my cultural sensibilities and your karaoke uh, go-to list <laughs> that's right that's right you got a whole list an album of songs that you can see. Yeah. And, and, but when it comes to like how, how most teens learn about investing, it is typically through the stock market game at school, right? If, if their parents are similarly that it's probably, uninterested it's as true. mine were. And that's probably their only exposure. Right. To which the stock market, which to is investing. one of the worst ways to get exposed to in investing. It's like the exact wrong way to teach kids about how to invest because it makes them think that investing and speculation are kind of one and the same thing. And, you know, that picking the right companies to invest in is something that you need to figure out. And it's it's no secret that we completely disagree with that thesis, right? We want folks to go the simple route and to own all the companies. And maybe some simplified investing instruction for teenagers would change how confident they feel about investing moving mm -hmm. forward. Seeing that they are confused by it just makes me think that we're overcomplicating something that actually, um, for most people, should be a ridiculously simple endeavor. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I think we could all use a little boost of confidence in our financial lives. With inflation continuing to climb, the Fed announced a 75 basis point increase earlier this week to the overnight uh, lending rate. They're hoping to rein in higher prices. And uh, we'll, we'll actually talk about what higher interest rates mean for all of us next week. Uh, but another factor that might be leading to higher prices is the end of millennial subsidies. And you might be thinking, all right, uh, let's finally get to that story. What are you talking about? I have no idea. Is this some sort of government policy <laughs> towards millennials that I didn't hear about? That I've been missing out on? Right. Uh, no. So we talked on Wednesday about how it's more than just inflation that's leading to higher prices right now. Uh, you got the rising costs of borrowing. You got secondary costs. They're impacting most folks in a big way with the money that we spend. Well, Derek Thompson, he wrote a great piece over in The Atlantic offering another reason for higher prices, and that is no more millennial subsidies. Uh, his basic premise in that, that, that piece uh, is that competitive tech companies like Uber, uh, DoorDash, uh, Blue Apron, he cited as well, 
they're being forced to raise prices because investors are looking to see these companies not just grow their customer base, but they are also expecting them to finally actually earn a profit. <laughs> and so the uh, so it seems like that the days of uh, all those free trials, all those uh, sweet perks that they were offering to lure new customers in, those days might be over. That's right. Investors were willing to continually take losses in the hope that this company would grow to such a size that eventually they would be able to turn the spigot on when it came to earnings. But that's proving more difficult to do. But they're like, listen, you can't continue to lose money forever. And you know, them not losing money means us paying more for those services. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all, it, all of that venture capital funding is starting to dry up a yeah, little bit. Or at least demand some return. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's obviously, it's not good news for people that their rideshare trip might cost uh, 50 bucks instead of, you know, 25. But that- well, like, Nine bucks because, <laughs> right. because you're a new customer. Yeah, that's the reality <laughs> on the ground, though. And and those companies, clearly, they couldn't lose money in perpetuity. And so, yeah, Derek, actually, Matt, he ended his piece by saying that, and I quote, Metro residents will have to go about living the old-fashioned way by paying what <laughs> things actually cost. And that appears to be the case. So we would say don't be shocked if some of these tech-forward companies start charging you more for their goods and services. And here's the how-to-money takeaway. Be willing to change your habits to save money if the price gets too steep. So let's say Uber is costing you twice as much, or uh, that meal delivery service is raising their rates rapidly. Maybe you need to think outside the box and go back to square one and start cooking your meals again, or start going to pick up your own groceries, or to maybe take rideshare less frequently and get on your bike. Those are, as the prices on these goods and services rise, we're going to have to get creative and potentially cut them out of our lives to some degree. Yeah, I think uh, it seems that we're going to have to maybe live like our grandparents did. We're going to have to do without some of these technologies, some of these luxuries. Does that mean we're also going to have to walk uphill to school both ways bo- in the snow? Both ways. Oh, uh, we're, we're living through these. I was hoping I wouldn't have to do that again. Uh, moments of austerity. But we've got several other stories that we're going to get to during this episode where we, we are going to talk about that drug money. And we're also going to talk about the amazing returns that crypto hasn't seen over the past <laughs> week. We'll get to all those stories right after this. probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to kachava.com slash how to money. That's spelled K A C H A V A and get 10% off your first order. That's K A C H A V A.com slash how to money. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we're back. Still Friday flight time, talking about stories we found interesting this week and how they pertain to your money. And we got to talk about crypto here for a little bit, Matt, in our ludicrous headline of the week, because Let's do it. this one made me do a double take. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this from The Onion? Oh, oh no, it's from TechCrunch. And this it, is a real story. Right. And it read, Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey launched Bitcoin Academy in a public housing complex. Um yeah, what could go wrong here, uh, especially in today's crypto environment? Oh well, the, yeah, the, this initiative from these two incredibly rich celebrities and entrepreneurs is intended to emphasize Bitcoin as a path to financial freedom. As anybody who has invested in crypto in the last couple of years knows, that sounds nice in the headlines, but in reality, it doesn't work so hot. So yeah, I, I don't know. The, the headline and the story are ludicrous from our point of view. Promoting Bitcoin in particular and cryptocurrency in general as a path to wealth for low income folks. It just feels exploitative. And I'm yeah. kind of shocked to see that this is a thing. Like um, getting back to maybe some of my comments earlier, Matt, about teaching kids how to invest, the simple concept of owning a fund that reflects 
the the broad American economy or the world economy that comes with little to no fees is is a real path to financial freedom that even lower income Americans can can more easily achieve over the years. And I understand why people are looking to like uh, build their wealth more quickly. Like they, like in cryptocurrency is supposed to be one of those ways where you can win big. But these alternatives they're not better, they're not safer, and they're definitely not more likely to help these folks build wealth. And so I don't know. Seeing this headline, seeing this initiative, just made me think. You know what these folks need? Not. Uh, some sort of like Bitcoin Academy. They need some basic personal finance help and maybe someone to hold their hand to help them open a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. This just makes me think that uh, people who can afford to lose their money the least are now more likely to lose it. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like that's the case. What they need is an employer who's automatically enrolling them <laughs> right. into their four, oh yeah, workplace 401k. It's not sexy, but it's going to do the job. <laughs> exactly. Because basically, nobody has been making money in the crypto space lately, uh, with with the only real exception being the, the celebrities out there who are pumping up certain coins that pay them for their endorsement, as basically the, the entire crypto world is going through a nightmare scenario of plunging prices, and you know most of those celebrities are actually nowhere to be found right now uh, for comment. Where are you, Matt like, Damon? Seriously, like, like, <laughs> what, like, does he still think that fortune favors the brave? Uh, because, you know, we've been pretty consistent when it comes to our thoughts on crypto. Uh, it should be an incredibly minor piece of your investment portfolio. Yes, all assets are, are currently down, but if you had too much of your net worth staked on cryptocurrency, you are probably freaking out right now, and understandably so. Yeah, for sure. If, if you are overexposed in that asset class, you are feeling the pain right now. And that, I mean, that's why we have always said tread lightly in this space and don't put much, if any, of your net worth in it because the volatility in that sector is insane. It's through the roof. Mm-hmm. And so it makes an S&P 500 bear market look like child's play. <laughs> and so um, the, the, the past tense also too, Matt, you use that. You had too much of your net worth in crypto is what you said. Well, with it down, you probably don't anymore, right? Yeah, you probably don't have too much <laughs> too much of crypto. You're probably all balanced out. You're right? back in balance by <laughs> yeah. losing a ton of money. <laughs> and so, so actually you're at a healthy 1% of your overall portfolio uh, in crypto. Yeah, and you ran the numbers because back when Matt Damon, that commercial aired during the Super Bowl, Bitcoin was at $60,000. Mm-hmm. And today it's yeah. closer, closer to 20, <laughs> which means that Bitcoin has basically seen a 65% decline in just six months uh, mm-hmm. or less. And that's three times the decline compared to what we've seen in the S&P 500. Meaning, if you decided to go big, uh, taking directions from you know Jason Bourne or <laughs> <laughs> whoever your favorite Matt Damon character is, and say you stuck, let's say, $25,000 into Bitcoin, you'd have $8,000 today. Ouch. Yeah. And so if you want to <laughs> speculate, that's fine. Yeah. Just no more than 5% of your portfolio. And don't take investing advice from celebrities <laughs> because they never want to comment after they've given, uh, told you what to do, and then you end up suffering because of it. And by the way, we're actually going to talk to New York Times columnist Kevin Roos. He's a tech writer there That's about right. cryptocurrency and the impacts of AI on the future of work on Monday show. So yeah, you can look forward to more of an expert's take on <laughs> cryptocurrency. We are just kind of passive haters, <laughs> I would say, over here for the most part. And so, yeah, crypto is obviously having a bad moment. And you know what? It, it, I think it could get worse, too. That's true. Uh, all right, let's set up another story that really, it, this actually could have been our ludicrous headline of the week as well. Uh, a new lending club survey reveals that 36% of households making more than $250,000 are living, that's right, 
Paycheck to paycheck. Oh. <laughs> uh, honestly, like th- this feels like a survey that The Onion may have released. This could have been another <laughs> fake headline. Right. Uh, $250,000. Like that is a lot of money. It's, uh, it is four times actually the median annual income. It actually represents the top 5% of income earners around the country. Yet somehow more than one third of these elite earners are finding themselves with more month than money. Uh, they're living on fumes. And so it's honestly, it's hard. It's hard to know how seriously to take a survey like this. I can't imagine that this is actually the case, that this is the reality for a lot of folks. Uh, because even like, you know, even in one of the most expensive markets out there, like New York City or like out in uh, the San Francisco area, $250,000, it's still a legitimately high salary. You can still live a lot of life mm-hmm. with that much money. Uh, and this just goes to show you that while income, it is important, smart money habits and intentional spending. Both of these uh, always need to be a part of the equation uh, in our lives. Even as our income escalates, we need to still be smart with what we're spending and not just bank on that fatter paycheck or on a a recent bonus or a pay increase that we're expecting to solve all of our problems for us. Yeah, you're expecting a bonus or something like that. You're planning on it and you're creating your budget expecting that it's coming. Well, that's That's a recipe for disaster. When you're planning on it, you've already mentally spent it. That's right. right. Like you need to know that it's coming but man, do not earmark that money for for things that are planning in particular to just go down in value. Yeah. And just when you, if that, that kind of income, Matt, that really is, that's a, that's, I, I'm sure there are people who are living paycheck to paycheck, but I, I'm not really sad for them because it really is a discipline issue, right? There's certainly people who are on the lower end of the income spectrum and you see those numbers and you're like, man, there's just legitimately like they need more money. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is, that's the solution there. But when you're talking about people at this end of the income spectrum, that's, that's not going to solve the problem. More money doesn't solve the problem. It's it's actually making some changes to how you spend uh, or don't spend <laughs> that money that's coming in. That's right. Um, all right. Let's let's talk about health insurance and medical bills for a second because hospitals are finally being fined for not complying with federal rules to disclose prices to patients. And uh, the Wall Street Journal has done some incredible work on this front, documenting these hospitals that refuse to comply with federal guidelines. And uh, two hospitals in our home state, Matt, of Georgia, are actually the first ones Uh-oh. to get taken to task for, for not complying. They're being fined. Um, and so yeah, the, we would say the enemy of free markets is a lack of transparency. And medical costs have obviously soared. And that's largely in part because of how difficult hospitals and medical facilities are making it uh, for us to figure out how much a procedure is going right. to cost, right? So the, the problem is one research firm believes that only 58% of medical facilities are complying with these rules still years after they were implemented. Um, it's, it's not just these two wayward hospitals in our state of Georgia. There are uh, dozens and dozens and probably hundreds and hundreds of these hospital systems that haven't complied. And so let's hope that these fines are just the beginning of more fines to come because forcing these hospitals to adopt greater levels of transparency, that is what's going to move the needle when it comes to uh, price com- competitiveness. And that's going to allow us all to save more money when it comes to healthcare, which when you look at an inflation chart, Matt, over the past 20 years, healthcare is still the reddest, mm-hmm. highest line. Like uh, Healthcare and college, baby. Yeah, it's healthcare and college yeah. that have soared through the roof. And it's because there is no transparency and there is no incentive for these institutions to 
lower their prices or to even make them available to us. Yeah. Uh, there's a common theme here when it comes to <laughs> the things that have gotten the most expensive uh, in the last couple of decades. That's right. Yeah, we are big fans of transparency. I'm also big fans of free money. Uh, Joel, you pick up money off the ground, right? Like if you, if you see a dollar or like a quarter. Yeah, dollar or quarter you, for you sure. You don't pick up pennies though. Um, not, I, not really. I pick up pennies. Well, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Where, but we've talked about this. I kind of want to outlaw the penny. Like I think yeah. of the penny as being kind of worthless and non-essential, especially like, man, consider how much inflation we've had. A penny's worth a fraction oh of gosh. what it used it's to be. A, <laughs> pennies are, why, why have we not less. abolished them yet? You know, like <laughs> let's get rid of them, please. Well, so we're actually, we're finally getting to our drug money story because there has been a warning that was uh, issued in the state of Tennessee to not pick up found money. That's because there have been some folded dollar bills uh, that folks have found at gas stations, which contain fentanyl. Sadly, fentanyl has it's been on more of our radars as mo- uh, more folks have overdosed and even died from the drug, uh, which evidently, I, I didn't know this until I was researching a little bit, it can be 100 times stronger than morphine, 50 times stronger than heroin. Wow. That is kind of mind-blowing. And that's a part of the reason why folks are freaking out, because they're like, oh, it's, you know, like you don't even want it to get on your skin. But it turns out, we, so we're, we're not going to add to the hysteria here, because according to toxicologists, there isn't evidence that you could get sick or overdose from fentanyl just by touching it. So I, I say all that because if it was me, I'm probably I'm go, I'm still going to pick up the dollar. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to run the risk. Uh, Matt's actually uh, planning a road trip to Tennessee <laughs> to hit up all the gas stations this week. Whether it's a poop dollar or whether it's a fentanyl dollar, uh, I am willing Doesn't to pick it to up. Him. I'm just going to go wash my hands. Okay. Uh, maybe even wash the the dollar bills as well. But especially, I mean, if you've got kids, because so if it's yeah, stays tell on, them to drop it. Yeah. If it stays on the outside of your body, you're fine. But I mean, one of our kids, she just constantly puts her fingers in her mouth, and like that's a situation where there have been kids where there's like a mysterious illness and then they do a blood test and they realize that, oh, oh my gosh, this, this kid was like this close to death yeah. because of the levels of fentanyl within their system. And it doesn't take much. When you've got something that's 100 times stronger than morphine, it doesn't take, it just takes like a pinch yeah. in order to like completely send somebody over. Especially so. for a little kid. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so do be careful, especially with little kids. But, you know, as grownups, you see something, I at least would trust myself to pick it up uh, and make sure not to, you know, sh- shove my fingers in the mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a good warning. It was interesting when I saw that. I was like, wow, that's, I mean, a little freaky. It is a little freaky, but, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's sort of like... Maybe it's also overblown, kind of like yeah. razor, razor blades and Halloween candy back in the 90s or something like that. And, and the, yeah, you never take an apple from a neighbor yeah. because of the razor blade. I know, yeah, but that, like, I don't even know if that there was actually a legitimate first occurrence of that. For some reason, that became some sort of folklore that got spread around, and then Halloween became much scarier for everyone across like the United States. one of those States. urban legends. Yeah, even though it's still... It kind of feeds into the, just like the whole Halloween vibe, yeah, though, right? right. It's like, oh, watch out. There are some neighbors out there who are trying to get you. Right. I mean, if they're getting you in that way, that's that's the worst kind of trick you could pull. But I, I don't think there was as much truth to it or, or maybe any truth to it. Yeah. Um, but we still worried about it nonetheless. And so you're right. Like This is one of those things where it's not a bad idea to have it on your radar, especially yes. if you have small do, kids. Do know that this exists. Yeah. And But mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Be freaking out about it probably. Exactly. So, yeah. all right. That's going to do it for today's Friday Flight. Yeah. We will see you back here on Monday uh, to talk about AI and cryptocurrency with Kevin Roos. And um, yeah, if you haven't signed up for the How to Money newsletter, I'm telling you, it's getting better and better and better. <laughs> and so you're missing it out. Is. Go to howtomoney.com slash newsletter. It's a lot of fun. It's free. Shows up in your inbox and you don't really have to do anything. Uh, just sit back and read it and enjoy it. So uh, we hope you also enjoy your weekend. Matt, that's going to do it. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. 
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.